The Leadership Show with Andy Pack. It's my joy to welcome you to The Leadership Show, the show that helps you up your leadership game, whether you have a leadership role or simply looking to use your influence where God has placed you. In the course of the average day, you will see a whole host of problems. Some you're able to fix. Your kids have left their breakfast crockery on the kitchen table, so you pack it away. Your car is running low on fuel, so you fill it up. But you will know there are problems that take more time and energy and collective will. Some people become leaders because they decide they don't want to live in a world where a particular problem exists. They may not be able to solve the problem for the whole country, but they can do what they can where they are. This is the essence of leadership in God's name that we like to explore and promote on this show. So this week, I'm delighted to be joined by a woman who looked at the need for traumatised women to have a safe place to live and find wholeness and healing in Christ. Her name is Kelly Wooderson Hudson, and together with other like-minded professionals, she has founded Life Essence Housing and Support. So Kelly, great to have you on The Leadership Show. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Kelly, your charity's grown out of your own story. Can you share a little of what that was and how the vision for life essence mm-hmm. was born? When I was early childhood, you know, I had quite a, you know, colourful upbringing. I came from a single parent background and I spent a lot of time with um, my grandparents who, you know, were in Christ and ran church Um you know, and I just had, a, as I was growing up, I just had a real passion for women and children and, you know, just safe spaces for women and children. So as I got into adult adulthood, well, teenage years, I ended up being, becoming a teenage parent myself. And, you know, I had all those words spoken over me of, you know, you're not going to amount to nothing. You know, you're just fit for, you know, going and working in McDonald's. Not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's, but, you know, just all these negative things that were spoken over me to, for the pure fact that, you know, I became a teenage parent and that my life was now in ruins. <sighs> Throughout my journey, it was just really hard. And I had like quite a few toxic relationships and, you know, experienced a few trauma, more trauma as I went into my adult life. And then I came back to Christ. You know, and that was when the whole turning point started to happen. And, you know, I was in a really low place and feeling really depressed and anxious. And I just didn't know how to get out of how I was feeling. So I started doing a fast with my alongside my church and I was just fasting for healing. And I didn't know how God was going to answer that prayer for healing. But he then started to download all these different ideas around a podcast and writing blogs and, you know, supported housing for women and, you know, radio stations and TV programs. I've got all these millions of um, business plans that got downloaded to me during this this fasting period. And literally that's how Life Essence was born, because I then started to write a blog. I ended up writing, um, building a website, putting the blogs and then recording podcasts. And then eventually God was saying, right, give up your job and go and start this um, housing and support. And that's how it kind of was birthed. And he always said to me, you know, this is your healing. You are going to be healed through life essence. And then you're going to be able to help support other women who have gone through trauma to also heal. That's terrific to hear, Kelly. Can I ask where you grew up? So I grew up um, Clapham, <laughs> Tooting Side, South London. 
excellent good stuff yeah. and and the church that you were part of so um i was born into fentiman road church um which was founded by um kojic and my grandparents and levine hudson who's my who was my late um auntie and then I went to um, the Tab London Church and that's where I became born again. And that's why I birthed the vision when I was in that church. And now I've moved on and I'm at New Testament Church Assembly in Tutin. Well, obviously, I, I need to ask a question which is potentially sensitive. There's, there's a listener, a kind of caution advised if, if you're, uh, there are people that are listening that um, you know who are younger. But I need to ask you the kind of trauma that women have experienced uh, that mm. you would have your home open for Kelly yeah so the home is open to all women who have gone through um trauma the main trauma that we're experiencing and of the women coming into the home is around domestic abuse and sexual exploitation so these women have been in abusive relationships with their partners for many years some of them have children so the children have witnessed the abuse the abuse might come from physical abuse it might have been sexual it may have been emotional financial so there's a lot of and even spiritual so there's a lot of stuff that these women have you know, dealt with. And some of the younger women that we've had come in who have dealt with gangs, who have been raped um, as gang affiliation, um, you know, for guys to get into the group, they've been sent out to go and rape a couple of women, you know, just to get stripes. And, you know, so it really does vary. And even some of the um, younger women, they've had to flee from their own parents' homes because their parents have been abusing them, both mum and dad. So it just comes from a, a, a very very different and unique circumstances that these women come from well it's uh, it's just, just distressing to hear but that's that's the reality of of what you're it working with your own professional background kelly yeah, so I've studied children and families from the minute I was 15 and could go and do childcare and stuff. And, you know, I studied um, social work and I've worked with children and families, managed children's centres and, you know, worked as a family support worker and all those kind of jobs. And, and then I had my own personal experiences with the stuff that had gone on with my life. So the two of them combined just really worked well to do this project. Clearly you through your study and also your, the work with, with Christian insights into trauma, that gave you some momentum to start the, the Life Essence ministry. Did. And, um, you know, I have tried to do um, stuff before I came to Christ, you know, set up a nursery and do all those things, and they just kept failing. <laughs> mm. You know, but this project just hasn't, and um, I really thank God for that. And it's just... You know, knowing when you've been in a supportive role and you've been doing that work professionally in, you know, local authority and other organisations that aren't necessarily faith based, it becomes really difficult to support people when you know there's an element of faith that you can bring into your work, you know, with your prayer and, you know, just interceding, which you can do behind the scenes. And it's almost like by setting up this faith based charity and safe space for women, you know, we can actually just be so open with our faith and really open with our prayer and the kind of support that we give women without feeling that we're, you know, we're going to get in trouble, <laughs> you know, so that, that was, you know, that's really kind of the, the basis of what we do is just really holding on to the fact that we are women of God and it is a faith-based house. Most leaders of new charities, uh, Kelly, have moments when they ask themselves, am I really doing this? Uh, have you had moments when you maybe wanted to give up or you thought, crumbs, this is taking over my life in a way that I hadn't expected? Well, yeah, I mean, 
it has been a lot. I mean, you know, God pressed on me to leave my job and I had a good job. And he said, go and leave the job. So I left the job, no income, no nothing to set up this organization. And I was like, God, what am I doing? Am I really doing this? I, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. And, you know, when we got the keys to that property, it was like, oh my gosh, this is actually really happening. And like I said before, I tried to set up things before and they always kind of fell through. So the fact that the doors just kept opening and people wanted to partner and, you know, volunteers joining the team. It was almost like, wow, I am actually doing this. Like God is really doing this now. This is amazing. And, but then on the flip side, <laughs> yes, I, sometimes I've wanted to give up daily, you know, that I'm like, forget this. I'm going back to go and get paid, you know, get a salary and um, go back and, you know, just have a peaceful life. <laughs> Because it's not easy. It's not easy. And um, I think when you're called to do something and build things, you're just faced with so much challenges and so many knockbacks. And you just think, what's the point? But, you know, like Jeremiah, he was called and he never gave up and he had so much troubled times when he wanted to give up but he would just remember the vision that God gave him and he just continued to go so for me that you know whenever I want to give up I'm like you know what God gave me this he's dropped it in my spirit and I have that fire inside where I couldn't give up even if I wanted to I have to go and see this vision you know come to its full essence of what God wants it to be that certainly sounds like Jeremiah <laughs> some of his <laughs> some of his words God why have you done this from to me kind of stuff so so yeah fabulous uh fabulous to reflect on that um obviously uh kelly you've been seeking to get established during the covid season so that must have yeah. been a particular challenge for you it was i mean um so i gave up my job at the end of february um of 2000 and then as we know come march we were in lockdown <laughs> so then i was saying you know why i've given up my job what am i going to do now so that's 2020 um, yeah 2020 yeah and um we put in a bid for a house and we lost that bid so we had no house I had no income and you know everything's locked up so what am I going to do you know we're in lockdown and um a couple of months about two months later I got a phone call from the estate agents and they said that actually the property that we had put a bid in for that I know God had told us told all the team that this was our house um had come back on the market and did we want to put another bid in so we said yes absolutely and actually we got it for 10 grand cheaper yeah. than what it originally was <laughs> which was amazing but then it came to the point of okay well how are we going to furnish this we didn't have no money. I didn't have no money. I literally, you know, um, God gave me this vision and I stepped out on faith, leaving my job and not having any anything to put into this project. Um, just a partner who bought the house so that we could lease it off of them. But then we had to find the, you know, the resources to um, get the beds, get the cots, you know, get the cutlery, get the cooker, get the fridge, the sofas, all of those kind of things. Um, so that was really difficult. And then also everywhere was locked locked up so we couldn't go to the local authorities really because they were all shut down and everyone's working from home so where are we going to get our referrals for the homeless you know and the women who need help and the women who are fleeing from domestic abuse where are they going because you know there's only one central line now that you could only call for the council and it was just really difficult to um get the referrals in it was difficult to fundraise because everything's shut down you couldn't fundraise you know there was no funding around really we got a little pocket from the national lottery which was amazing but other than that we were literally just you know just volunteers going into this house with nothing 
but we made a way you know God made a way and you know people donated furniture from their own houses you know um to help us and yeah so we, we're getting there you know but really and truly we shouldn't be standing it's only by God's grace that we're standing you know, because even, you know, because we have to pay lease and it took nine months to actually get the finances sorted from the local authority to um, pay for the lease. And so that's nine months of no, you know, no finances. That's nine months of, you know, not pay, um, not being able to afford the council tax, not being able to afford the gas and the electric and, you know, all those things that actually make a home tick over. How many could be in your home? Four. Four. Up to four women, yeah. And they stay for what sort of length of time? Does it vary? So, yeah, it does vary. So we have a, a kind of a, a system, so to speak. So when a lady comes in, we look at where they are, what kind of needs do they have, what kind of package of support are we going to give them? Because everybody has different needs and different support. So they can stay with us for up to six months and all the way up to 18 months, depending on what it is that we're working on. So some people might need a little bit longer. You know, they might, you know, sometimes when you go through trauma, you, you've literally hit rock bottom, you know, and you really, it, it's a number of stairs, staircases to get up to, you know, where you need to be. And it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, sometimes women aren't ready for the counselling aspects, what we offer within the home. So maybe they just need to have, you know, six months of where they're just settling in, they're just finding their bearings, they're doing um, arts and crafts and art therapy, and then they go on to doing the counselling, and then they go on to, you know, going and doing voluntary work or, you know, stepping out into, into work. So it just really depends. Then you've got others that just need that little short time respite just to get themselves on their feet, just to have that rest and restoration. And then that's it. They're rough, gone off to uni or gone off to, you know, um, start a new life in a different area clearly uh kelly there's a, a concern regarding safety and whether those who aren't happy with the fact that women are joining you uh, might try and track you down so yeah. how is that whole area worked out if you can say yeah. that with, without <laughs> giving away confidences of course yeah so um we are very strict that half of the organizations and partners that we work with don't even know where we are. When we are interviewing and meeting women, um, we don't actually show them the house until they're ready to sign up and move in. We don't have visitors allowed at the home. They're not allowed to share address or give postcodes. You know, they will have a PO box where people can send their mail and stuff like that. So we keep the, the house quite secure in that sense and um it's part of their tenancy that they don't share the residence tenancy that they don't share their location have you felt unsafe yourself in all this or have you felt quite calm do you know it it, it goes up and down because <laughs> you know when you're working with people people come with so many things you know and you know People think, oh, you're doing supported housing. That's amazing. That must be so nice. And you look at our website and it's all, you know, therapeutic. Let's, you know, it's all lovely. But the reality is sometimes there's, there's stuff that happens because when people come with trauma, they come with behaviours. And those are some of the things that myself and the staff have to, to work with. And sometimes there are, are times when a resident might have a mental health condition and they may have an episode of psychosis and it's just about you know keeping the other residents safe keeping that resident safe and the staff safe what about your own personal network kelly in terms of those around you were was mm -hmm. everyone supportive of your idea did some of some people say hang on this isn't a good idea 
Yeah, no, do you know, no one never said that. Um, everyone looked at me with wide eyes and <laughs> thought, okay, Kelly, how are you going to do that then? And I just kept saying, no, God's told me, so I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. The finances are going to come. We're going to get the house. And I just, I built this team before a house was even there. It was just of a, of a vision. And even those who are unbelievers have witnessed the power of God, which I'm so grateful for, because they thought I was crazy, you know, especially when I said I'm going to leave my job. You know, every, you know, especially the unbelievers were saying, no, you can't just leave your job. What are you going to do? How are you going to survive? You have children of your own. You know, what, what are you going to do? And I'm like, no, God said it. So I'm going to do it. So they've actually seen from the minute I quit my job to now having bricks and water and people that we're supporting. So that's been amazing. And, you know, and, that, and that's all that people kept saying to me. OK, Kelly, well, if you say God says he's going to do it, we, we'll be with you. We trust you because we, we trust God. You must have learned some things about yourself in the process. I did. You know, I really did. So I have dyslexia, um, moderate dyslexia, and I, I don't like having dyslexia. And I'm sure that your listeners might have stuff that, um, you know, they're not particularly happy with that God gave. Them, <laughs> you know, And um, I haven't liked it because I it really does impact on, you know, just some of my thought processes and the information that I can retain. And, you know, but the fact that um, I was able to build a website on my own, I actually built an app and, you know, just to build this up from the ground is just actually having a learning need doesn't mean that you, you know, will stop you from doing anything you can still achieve, you know, and even in hard times and when you think you want to give up or you know, when you think, oh, am I outside of God's will or, you know, I can't do this, that actually I've got tenacity that I will keep on pushing. And, you know, and, and I really realized that I have the ability to, you know, encourage other people in a way that I didn't realize I had it before, if that makes sense. Just, you know, just to encourage people to be who they are and actually to walk into their own calling of what God's calling them to do and to be so yeah I've learned that um hmm that I'm not a dropout and I'm not a you know I'm not just fit for McDonald's <laughs> you know so all those words that were spoken over me have they don't exist they've gone back you know so yeah that's what I've that's what I've really learned through all the experience well it's great to sense your enthusiasm and your courage um so practically how uh, if someone is uh, in in need of of your kind of home, the local authorities know of you. Is that how you're on a list or a register with um, other potential places like yours? Yes. Yeah, so um, the local authorities do know about us. We do get a lot of our referrals from other charities like um, Shelter, New Horizon, also the Marleybone Project, which is also another Christian charity that supports um, the homeless, um, St. Mungo's. So we will get um, referrals from quite a few different places. We can get referrals in from churches and um, also, you know, other and self-referrals. We've talked obviously about the physical side and we've touched on mm -hmm. the, the kind of spiritual therapeutic dimension. Uh, mm -hmm. It was lovely to see in your uh, promotional material the importance that you attach to helping people's mindset when they're with you so that you mm -hmm. don't just give them respite from the trauma, but also you are creating a different approach to life. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the kind of things that you're working with? Yeah, so it's we really need, and what Life Essence is, is it is that safe space, but it's also that place where they can come together and, you know, really reconnect with God and their spiritual life and get to the root of trauma. You know, because without, you can stick plasters on, on cuts and wounds, but if you don't treat the, in, the inside, it gets infection. So we're just like, okay, do you know what? We need to get to the root of this trauma so that women can then build forward from that. And the, one of the ways that we do that is through healing prayer. We do that through our one-to-one sessions with them. We've um, designed a self-esteem course that is biblically based. So we will do that with the ladies. We've also have Christian counselors that are on board. So then they will do Christian counseling. Yeah, so we will also have Bible studies, um, prayer groups, whether that's individual or not. I've also set up a boundaries group um, course where I have women that come in and, and it's biblically based where we look at boundaries. And sometimes, you know, when our boundaries have been crossed, you know, we need to learn how to re-put in our boundaries. So that's a lot of the work that I do with the women in the house and also women that are not in the house. Um, so we run other workshops for women that, you know, don't need that safe space, but they do, they need to, that spiritual import in. Sure. Uh, but I understand you don't insist that someone's a believer before they come to you. No, 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 no. I mean, Christian women that come in will benefit greatly from it, you know, but the, um, what we do ask for women who are non-believers is to, you know, respect who we are, you know, and, you know, if it's not for them, that's okay. We un- totally understand. Um, we don't enforce any of the groups or the Bible studies or prayer on anyone, but we um, just, but we are just who we are, you know, and by time they will come into a group or, you know, they will ask questions and if not, that's okay. In yeah. terms of your vision for the project, Kelly? Uh, you've mm-hmm. got a, a home now of four. Presumably it would be lovely to have greater accommodation. It would, with it. it would, you know, um, what would really be nice is to be able to offer the housing for free. I mean, at the moment, all everyone that's working, including myself, are volunteers. Um, and we just pay for the lease for the home and, and, and that's that really. But it would be nice to actually offer the space for women for free so that if there's a woman that is working full-time or you know part-time they can come in and they don't have to worry you know so much about how much it's going to cost they just get that support that they need there and then um so that would be lovely it would be lovely to get a property that is um not so high in terms of the lease and also I think what would what we're looking at now is um, because we've got all these different workshops is actually going into churches and running those churches, uh, running those courses in churches with the women that have those testimonies, you know, so that we can empower churches and empower the women in church, you know, to um, work out their trauma or how to deal with people or women who have gone through trauma. Obviously, there's a funding issue. You're looking to, you know, raise funds. How how How's that yeah. element of the work well, it was, going? Yeah, it, like I said, it had been so tricky during the pandemic, but now we're out of it. So we have decided that we are doing a fundraiser, um, which is called Life Essence in the Mud. So we, and well, the girls, you know, I spoke about the um, 
my boundaries course I have a I run a group I'm um, called unplugged so unplugged sisterhood so it's a group of women and we come together every Sunday where we fellowship and we talk about all those you know the things that we don't get to talk about when we're in church so now we've come together so we will be doing that charity um mud run oh. <laughs> I know. So that's going to take part and take place in April, May. So we're looking for people to sign up. Um, so you can sign up with us by the 7th of March um, and you can donate as well on our GoFund page. But that's all on the website, which is um, www.lifeessencehousing.com. Kelly, my final question is, there may be people listening who have had a kind of inkling that maybe they should be doing something radical like you. What would you yeah. say to them? step out go do it you know no matter what the the fear is no matter what the doubt is trust that if God said it he will birth it you know like when Jeremiah said oh you know when he got the call he said no I'm too young and God said don't say you're too young you know I will give you the words and I'm telling you to go out and speak to anyone I call you to tell you to, to you know go out and speak to anyone who I tell you to speak to so if God's saying do something radical, do something different that's never been done before, go and do it. Because it's been done now. You know, my house is a faith house. It's one of the only ones, well, I haven't, I've seen a few um, that has stayed faith-based. You know, many organisations that help, you know, they don't come from the faith-based aspect, you know, but that's what will make it difficult for us to get funding. But God is still in it and we're still running. So if you can do it for me, you know, he will absolutely 100% do it for you. Well, that's a wonderful testimony with which to finish, Kelly. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was my conversation with Kelly Wooderson-Hudson. Kelly is spelled K-E-L-L-E-I-G-H. Her charity is Life Essence, and she's a great example of someone who became a leader because God invited her to get involved in turning around tough and sad situations. I hope you were inspired by her resilience and perseverance, and that those words at the end inviting you to act on what God is calling you to do. It would be wonderful to think that her story might inspire many to step out in faith. Of course, you'll need to be sure of your guidance, like she was, and to check it out with those close to you first. God knows what he needs to do to get you on the path that you need to be on. There are, of course, many other uh, conversations I've had with Christians in leadership and experts in leadership themes that can be found uh, via the Premier website, premier.org.uk, or indeed on the podcast platform, maybe where you're listening to this from. I'm encouraged and inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul, which I repeat from time to time at the end of these shows. Paul writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That was certainly Kelly's experience and I pray that that may be yours too. This is Andy Peck thanking you for joining me looking forward to your company next time god bless the leadership show with andy peck to get in touch email andy.peck at premier.org.uk